Oh no, I thought they would stay dead this time. But they're back. With merch. Hi, we're the producers and please buy the merch. Just buy it. We spent thousands market testing this trash and the data was fascinating, till the intern we hired specifically to keep Madeline and her attorney off our back spilled 32 ounces of hot coffee all over the report and now it's all useless. So in order to continue market testing the merch, we need to sell the merch. Anyhow, Madeline informed us, in her words, open quote, this episode sounds bad because I tried to take the air conditioner sound out. Sorry it's 300 degrees. Our world is dying. End quote. That's kind of scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. Absolutely. Yeah, I've been <clears throat> I've been saying for a little while, and mostly with respect to the um, cops shooting people. Mm-hmm. I'm like, at some point, people are just going to start killing cops, like, yeah, randomly. Like, fuck you, wrong. You're on the wrong team. Yeah, yeah. and billionaires. And yeah, at some point, they're going to start pulling people's heads off. Like, at some point, people will get angry at the with the with the. Uh, what a great way to start the podcast. Yeah. Oh, is, are we recording now? Oh, yeah. I started recording when you started playing that clip. Oh, well, all right. That wasn't me. That was uh, actor Ron Perlman, although we do endorse murdering the rich. Yeah, we do. I'm not rich. Yeah. Neither of us are rich. I'm richer than some. Yeah, but like we're pretty low. So not me. I feel like we're like low middle class. Well. Maybe. I, I don't know. I think the average in America has fallen really low. So yeah. if, the, if the middle class is meant to reflect the middle income, then we're probably both doing better than that. Maybe. I don't know. My friend just got a job offer to make more money than twice what I make. Mm-hmm. Sounds like he's got to go. Yeah. No, but he's, again, not not making that much I, I bet, in the grand scheme of things. I think he is. You given do? how much I know you make. Mm. I think that means he's making a lot. I think if you looked up here, if you Googled it or... uh Let's see. Do I have Siri? Hey, Siri. What is the average income in America? Yeah, but I live in New York City. $67,000 in 2020. That's six, That's the average right. income. So I'm above average then. Yeah. But I live in New York City where my rent is $3,000 a month. You've made a bad choice about that. I've made a lot of bad choices <laughs> in my life. <laughs> yeah, your rent, your rent is more than my mortgage. Yeah. That's tough. Yeah, you do have a great place. I love my place. Yeah, it's a good place. Yeah, we moved recently. You have you probably have almost as much square footage as my house. Mm, probably not. If you include 20, your, your basement, you, think, you don't think you have twenty thousand square feet? Twenty thousand? Yeah. No, we've got like eighteen hundred. No, well then you have more than I do. Wait, what? I tricked you. What? <laughs> twenty thousand? Well, twenty thousand would be like uh, uh, you know a mile. <laughs> How big is a mile? I don't know. Well, a mile is 5,700 feet long. Okay. Uh, So a 20,000 square foot, one mile long apartment would be three and a half feet wide. (laughs) It's a long, long, long house. Yeah. So it would be like a narrow corridor for a mile. Yeah. What was the the thing about the upside down house or sideways house? Sideways house. What's a sideways house? Look, I, uh, this makes me feel stupid. I can't believe I don't have more support. It makes me feel like maybe I'm wrong. Mm-hmm. I, I have seen, I swear, a sideways house. And what that is, is a house which has a front door that doesn't face the street that its address would reflect. That is not 
It is not what I think of when you say sideways house. Well, that's all it is. And that's why I'm frustrated by all the, the pushback I get. And our one friend says it's, it simply doesn't exist because by virtue of having a front door, it can't be sideways. And I said, well, that doesn't add up. Yeah. What are you talking about? That's like saying there's no such thing as a backwards house. What's a backwards house? A house whose front door faces away from the street that its address is on. Okay. And that's a harder one to conceptualize because yeah. what makes it a front door in that scenario? Hard to say. Yeah. But if, you know, imagine like a little cul-de-sac that leads off of a street. I, my father used to live on a street called, I mean, I don't, I, I don't need to name the street, but just imagine the, the street was called, uh, I don't know, Smith Street. Smith Street. Just Main, Main Street. It's, but, but, yeah. Main, but it wouldn't really work for Main Street. So it's a. Okay. It's not Main enough. Yeah. So it's like Smith Street. It's, it's off of Main Street, we'll say. Yeah. And then you drive up about 150, I don't know, 400 feet. And there's a cul-de-sac. It's a quasi-cul-de-sac. It was like this little island that had trees on it. Yeah. And, and that was not in and of itself a street, but my dad's house faced that, the, the little island of trees, rather than Smith Street. Mm-hmm. So my dad lived in what was sort of a sideways house. Yeah. Now that house has been demolished. In fact, I think they bought that property next to it and expanded it and made it a giant house. Yeah. I would think a sideways house had its floor on the wall. Oh. Well. <laughs> so like Would if, you stand on the floor? If you could. You could try. So it's like a space station. Yeah. I w- that's that's a sideways house in my head, a space station, okay. actually. You'd have to, no gravity. Well, there is gravity. Partial but, gravity. But it's not, it doesn't, it's artificial. Yeah. Artificial gravity. Perfect. Directed gravity. Yeah. The Did you ever watch the TV series on, let's see here, it started on sci-fi, it moved to Amazon. I'm a huge fan of the it. The Expanse? That's it, The Expanse. Thank no, you for catching No, but we've that. talked about it. I love it. Yeah. And they actually account for gravity in that. Mm-hmm. It's a really, I mean, it's just a very thoughtful, and a, from what I have read, you know, at least scientifically plausible um, series. Mm-hmm. And the way they they produce gravity in the expanse is the whole ship is basically um, built perpendicular to the thrusters. Yeah. So the, the gravity on board the ships is produced by Oh, thrust. that's kind of cool. It is cool. Yeah. And so like the, in one episode early on, they lose their engines and the gravity turns off and everybody starts floating around. Mm-hmm. And people are like, why would that be? And, they, and they're like, well, no, it's because it's created by propulsion, not by some spinning circle. Yeah, which is, that's the 2001, Yeah, like the giant spinning hamster wheel of a space station. Yeah, that would do it too. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, we're back. We're back. It's back. I didn't prepare anything. Season of the merch. Yeah. Oh, we, yes, we did actually. We prepared merch. Yeah, we have merch. For everybody that's been asking week after week for merch. We get an email twice a day asking for us. To- Where's the merch? produce and who have i been merch. paying this whole time uh-huh nothing is getting delivered i know they keep sending us checks that say for merch mm-hmm. and we cash them mm-hmm. and then we pay our rent mm-hmm. <laughs> oh you got twenty thousand square feet to cool that's yeah, we got, we're taking the chance a really long thin house <laughs> yeah yeah so thank you but now there's merch yeah so send more Mm-hmm. We want to we want to see four emails a day. Yeah, I mean, do you want to describe the merch, or do we just want to say there's merch? I kind of feel like it's a visual. Yeah, I think that the premise is visual, and I think that if I described it, it, it you know it doesn't have the same punch. Mm-hmm. But basically, it's our, our podcast's abbreviated name, mm-hmm. and then underneath that, it says you know what it means. Yeah, and then on the back, it says it's back. <laughs> it's pretty good. It's really good. I'm the it's the proudest I've ever been. I went to law school. This is making me happier. Yeah, I came up with. It. That's yeah. why it makes me happy. Mm-hmm. And they're to order. To order, yeah. So, you know, you, you know, you got to tell us what you want, and then we'll send it to you. Yes. After the check clears. Yes. They're custom made. We're not using uh, 
Teespring. I wouldn't call them custom made. Oh. I feel like that inspires some other kind. Like we, we're not going to oh, do yeah, it. We're not going to customize you. them for no. you. We're just going to make them for you. No, they're they're more like, like two uh, order bespoke. Like, yeah, bespoke. There we go. If you have measurements, please send them along. <laughs> Otherwise, they all look like me. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, going to a diner instead of a fast food restaurant. Well, all right. I guess that does it for this episode. Good night. Season of the merch. I mean, you want to talk about movies at all? Yeah, or? yeah, yeah. yeah. No, we yeah, we yeah. recently saw a movie. I mean, you've probably seen more than one, but you and I both saw one or two recently. Yes. Well, do you want to talk about the others that you've seen? I've seen Tar. You saw Tar? I, have, have, I so still like, haven't seen Tar. I'm really reluctant to tar. spill the okay. beans on Tar yeah. until you've seen it. Yeah. Uh, good, though. You know, it's hard to dis- describe it, hard to characterize it. Mm-hmm. Um, um, boy, for some Kate Van, I couldn't think of her name. My mind kept saying, say Tilda Swinton, but that's yeah, not her name. It's, 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 Kate, Kate it's Kate Blanchett. Yeah. She's great in it. Uh, a couple other uh, actors show up in that movie that I that I didn't know were in it, but it's mostly just a Kate Blanchett show. She? Yeah. I mean, Tar had Academy Awards stuff, right? Yeah. I think it was nominated for a lot. Yeah. It, it's sort of a shame Blanchett didn't win, I yeah. guess. And this was the year that... Uh, I don't remember. It was... No, you do. It was uh, every award was won by the movie about... Everything everywhere all at once. Oh, it was. Yeah, it was, they won like fifteen crazy. Academy yeah. Awards. Yeah, which is fine. I love that movie too. Yeah, or rather, I loved that movie. I didn't love Tar. Tar is a harder movie, I think, to love. Yeah, yeah. You'll see if you ever catch it. Oh, I will. I and, really want to see Tar. And um, but but Blanchett is you know, like a raging, simmering sort of powerhouse character. It's really that she's good. She's I don't know that she's ever ha- hasn't been good. Yeah. Uh, what else have I seen? I feel like I haven't seen a ton of movies. Yeah. Um, Boy, I guess there've been a bunch. I tried. We recently, I recently watched a Blu-ray, the uh, Criterion Collection Blu-ray of of uh, Miller's Crossing. Mm-hmm. That's a fun movie. It's old. I, talking about that right now is a little funny, but it's a Coen Brothers movie with Gabriel Byrne. Yeah, that one I haven't seen. I always confuse it with the Hudsucker Proxy. Sure, they're very yeah. similar in a way. Yeah, because they're both period pieces set in this sort of a uh, gangster twenties. Mm-hmm. I feel like I guess Hudsucker Proxy is not a gangster movie, but it's no, got that. It's like a it's about the hula hoop kind of capitalism movie. Yeah, but it, it's it's got a Capra esque sort of vibe. So yeah, the, yeah. The, the, it feels to me like movies that they were drawing from a similar sort of well to, mm-hmm. to visualize. I love that movie. I have that movie right too. Mm-hmm. I, I really like the Hudsucker. I like Proxy. the Hudsucker Proxy a lot. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I can't think of what else we've seen recently. Yeah. My wife had Crazy Rich Asians on this morning, so I saw a little bit of that again. That's yeah. pretty. That's charming. That's another I haven't seen. Oh yeah. You only saw movies I haven't seen. Yeah. Well. That's yeah. odd. That surprises me. I mean, movies that I have not seen that I want to mm-hmm. are the the new Spider Man cartoon, the uh, we also uh, Spider Verse. Whatever did it's not called, get to see the Spider Verse. I'd like to see the new Mission Impossible movie, but I, just I also to it. well, that's not out yet, is it? It is. Ooh, I thought it wasn't. It's two hours and forty three minutes long. We've been rewatching Mission Impossible movies. That's fun. Yeah. Well, it actually we went away for a week to a cabin in the Finger Lakes, and so it's like a VRBO rental, so like a vacation home. Um, and it was like pretty big. It was for, it slept six and it was just me and Matt. So just a couple. And, um, it was like a big property. You couldn't see another house. There was a man-made pond full of screaming bullfrogs. But the thing that was in there was a bag. It was just a sack, like a zippered sack that was full of 200 loose DVDs, just discs loose in a bag. Lucy's. Yeah. Yeah. Lucy's. Lucy DVD <laughs> and DVDs specifically. They had a Blu-ray player, but they only had DVDs. Oh, so they weren't even in HD. Nope. And 
we like kind of when you say loose though you know I, I haven't asked this question yet were they just like were they in cases no okay so they were just discs just discs in a like bag. they weren't even in sleeves just okay. discs in a bag nothing like what was the texture of the bag uh cloth like a so a large pouch like a burlap sack kind of like more like du- small duffel bag oh, okay yeah it was like a small duffel bag it didn't have handles but it did have a zipper and then the discs were just in it hmm. like no nothing protecting them nothing like you know like a spindle no none of that they didn't have one spindle no no spindles so it was just discs in a sack and so we like had like a little ritual we were doing where we'd you know go wine tasting in the day we'd come back we'd grill we'd start a fire we'd roast marshmallows and then we'd come inside we'd dig through the sack grab a disc and watch it snatch a lucy yeah snatch a lucy and and watch it on their on their blu-ray player and their little tv and so we watched training day which i had never seen before and uh i I loved i like the way you emphasize the i like the way you you emphasized each word in that sentence. Training day. Training day. <laughs> I loved training day. Training day. I loved it so much. King Kong ain't got nothing on me. Yeah. I like turned Matt in the middle and I'm like, I'm really enjoying how this is a movie that like doesn't really have a plot. It's just a day in the life. And then, oh boy, did I eat my words. Um, but yeah, like what a great film. <laughs> I was really hoping he would have the like has fallen movies, but I don't think he was into Gerard Butler. I don't think there was any Gerard Butler in there. Well, Training Day is from 2002, I think. Yeah, it's That's the same old one. director as Olympus Has Fallen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is but, it? Yes. Okay. I I know his name, but I don't know how to pronounce it. It's like Anthony Fakwa. F- Fakwa? I don't know. I told you I don't know how to pronounce it. Is that Fuqua? It might be. I know how to. I know how to spell it. There's I can a, write it for you right now. There's a director that directs Denzel Washington a lot. Yeah, that's him then. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't know how to say it. Yeah, I think he's also the guy who's doing these um, equal, know, equalizer movies. Yes, that's him. Uh, I know his face. I think it's Antoine Fuqua. That sounds perfect. Yeah, I like mine. Anthony Fuqua. <laughs> Anthony Fuqua is different. Oh, I told you. I don't know how to pronounce his name. <laughs> well, I watch TV with the sound on, so I sometimes hear them. I don't watch TV. I just watch loose DVDs oh, from a bag. I wonder if you took that, if, if there would have been like a letter in your email, like, hey. <laughs> you took my 200 DVDs. Yeah, there was $8,000 worth of DVDs and cocaine in that bag. <laughs> I didn't see any cocaine. So if I had, I would have done it. Yeah. Oh, oh. Just saying. Training day. Training um, day. Yeah, training day rips. That movie rules. It's so good. Uh, and I love Ethan Hawke. You know that. Then we found Cellular, which is one of my favorites. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've watched Cellular probably 50 times, 50, 60 times. Mostly You're the, the one. Yeah, it's just me. Um, I was on a cruise when I was 17 years old with my dad. You've talked about this cruise on the podcast before. Have I really? Yeah. Like, <laughs> it's a formative moment in your life. I know. It really was. It was my dad, his girlfriend, who was convinced I was a lesbian, her cheerleader daughter, and her cheerleader daughter's cheerleader best friend. They were probably lesbians. I, they may have been, but they all I thought they were. Who cares? Doesn't I wish they were. It's I would po- honestly. A possibility. Yeah, it would have ruled. Not a probability. But I got accused of being a lesbian a lot in high school. Um, which honestly I'm fine with. Yeah. Sounds um, like, it sounds like it. But it was a little weird when <laughs> my dad would like sit me down and be like, 
Stacy keeps telling me you're a lesbian. She, her name wasn't Stacy. I don't know why I said that. Smith. I can't remember her name, frankly. Um, but uh, yeah, there was a channel that just played cellular on loop, and I watched it all day, every day. I watched cellular like 30 on times the boat. In, during one five day cruise to, I don't know, Bahama. Bahama. So- so you didn't like being outside? No, oh, I hate being outside. I hate the sun. Okay. I mean, I told I, when I was headed here today, I texted you, and I'm like, I'm full blown melting, and I've been outside for thirty seconds. Yeah, you're right. My face is liquid. Yeah, yeah, I'm dripping. As when I look down, I'm seeing dr- like sweat dripping onto the ground. Yeah, you described it as sweating uncontrollably, which did make me. I I did wonder if you ever sweat controllably. I. That's <laughs> a good point. You probably don't. You turn on the spigot when you need it. Yeah. Usually you can turn it off. It's like a dog. Yeah. Yeah. Time to sweat, you think. Just open your mouth and put your tongue out. My body's a little warmer than it ought to be. Oh, wait. I got another thing about my travel here. So I was... This is not about the boat, though. No, this has nothing to do with the boat or about the DVDs. About your travel. My travel here. Oh, oh you're... The you're, trip you're to get to your home. Well, yeah, okay. Yeah, the one I just took. So I took the subway to Port Authority where I got on a bus. And when I was getting off the subway and walking into Port Authority, this woman, like, stops me and so i'm pulling out my headphones and of course like have like a don't talk to me face on and she points at her shirt and she's wearing a texas chainsaw massacre shirt which i too am wearing a texas chainsaw massacre shirt right now and i just like broke into a grin and i was like you're cool we're like pointing at each other it ruled it was it made me really happy that's a really nice story yeah yeah just like Random human connection. That's nice. Over one of the most vile movies ever made. Vile. Yeah. Oh, Texas Chainsaw is so rough. I got a kick out of the word vile. Yeah, me too. There's. I've been playing Diablo 4, mm-hmm. and uh, there's vile comes up a lot. A lot of the opponents, the enemies. Yeah. Oh, it's funny to call them opponents. A lot of the little enemies, the trash mobs, are called vile this or vile that, vile lunatic. Yeah. Vile uh, corpse fiend. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, that's a lot. I mean, it's one thing to call the guy a corpse fiend. Yeah. Which I guess implies that he... It's a whole other thing to call him a vile corpse fiend. Yeah, I guess he has sex with corpses. But to then describe that corpse fiend as vile, I'm like... You don't think he's a fiend made of a corpse? Well, what... No, I don't... Don't you fiend for things that you want? Yeah, but you can also be a a fiend. Right. Yeah. The one that fucks corpses. (laughs) Well, that's what... No, every time I hear corpse fiend, I'm going to think of something other than what I thought. Every time? Every single, I hear it oh. a lot too, like daily. Oh, yeah. I think it's appropriate. Oh, well. I'm pretty sure I have the right of it. Yeah. That corpse fiend, however, <laughs> is vile. More than the other. I mean, there's, I don't know that there is another, but like, you know, there might be like a frozen corpse fiend. Yeah. I mean. Or like a nice corpse fiend. We acknowledge that he's a corpse fiend. Yeah. Cleanly corpse yeah. fiend. But the vile corpse fiend is despicable. Want <laughs> <laughs> nothing to do with him. So, okay. We found Cellular. We watched Cellular. Okay. Matt had never seen it before. It was a blast. Two thumbs up? Two thumbs up. All, all thumbs up. Um, then we watched Ghost Protocol, which Matt had also never that's seen. A Mission, that's Mission Impossible 4, I think. Yeah. And then... Oh, we watched... Can you ask, oh, ask a question? Yeah, Ghost yeah, yeah. Protocol, do they, do they use the phrase Ghost Protocol? I think they do. Increasingly, it feels to me like Mission Impossible titles are just words, random no, associations. Ghost Protocol is what they call the way that they are operating after they've been disavowed. All right. So it's like they're, so they're, the ghost they're protocol in Ghost Protocol. Is to remain yeah. off, off grid or whatever. Yes. Yes. Alec Baldwin is not in that movie, right? No. 
I'm trying to remember who the actor is who's in the car. Renner's in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He he joins the team. Paula Patton's in it. Yeah, on the team. But then the Ro- Englishman's in it. Simon. Um, oh, Simon Pegg. Pegg. Yeah, 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 yeah. And he's actually been in them since the third one. I know that. Yeah. He's him and Ving Rhames basically are Tom Cruise buddies. Yeah. Everybody else kind of gets tossed aside. People said that Renner was in that movie to allow the Mission Impossible franchise to continue without Cruz. That he was going to become, his character was going to become the face of Mission Impossible. And look what happened to him. Yeah, Mission, Mission the, the, Tom Cruise decided that he would turn into a desk person. So in the, in the subsequent Mission Impossibles, okay. he's like the guy back at, at a desk, like clicking a mouse to help him. Renner is? Yeah. Oh, that's kind of sad. I know. He, he, he Is he, he in the new one? Probably. He's probably updating his iPhone in the new one. Yeah, I imagine they shot it before he got... Maimed? Yeah, rolled over on by a snowplow. He ran himself over. Yeah. That actually It's been spoiled, but my dad had an old joke about that. He said, ever tell you the story about the man who ran over himself? I said, what do you mean? He said he asked his wife to go across the street to get something, and she said she was busy, so he ran over himself. (laughs) That's that's pretty good, actually. pretty good. It's pretty good. Yeah. Um, my dad had a lot of like yeah. bits or whatever. And I just old jokes. There's one I was thinking of the other day. This, well, I don't know. You can cut this if it doesn't seem to fit the, the vibe. Okay. It's a, a joke my dad told me about a, a, a nun who'd taken a vow of silence. Mm-hmm. She joined a convent where they take a vow of silence. Mm-hmm. But once a year on your anniversary, you're allowed to say two words. Yes. Okay. So she's there speaking. Uh, not at all. Total silence for 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 a whole year. Okay. They get to the end of the year. Mother Superior comes and she asks her, um, to, you know, to express herself, to to consider all she's learned in the year she's been here, and to choose her words carefully. And the nun says, "Bed's hard." <laughs> and they sort of frown a little. And she returns to her work, service of the Lord. Another year passes. Okay. Mother Superior comes along and she says, "All right, well, you've been here for two years, so I'm curious to hear what you've." Uh, what you've what you've uh, figured out about the universe and yourself, and the and the nun looks at her. and She says, "Food's bad," <laughs> and they kind of frown at each other. Okay. She goes back to service. Then another year passes. Her third year, Mother Superior eyes her cautiously. She says, "All right, let's hear it. What do you have to say for yourself?" She looks at the, at the Mother Superior. And she says, "I quit." <laughs> and Mother Superior says, "Well, you've done nothing but complain since you got here." I like that. Yeah, I have to leave it in. It's one of my dad's old ones. He was a. You should have said that one on one of our blaspheme episodes. I should have. Yeah. I I don't. I don't know. It didn't occur to me until recently. Yeah. I was telling that joke, and my and my wife said that's. My wife overheard me. She said you should you should give that one to my dad. I think he'd really enjoy it. And that my dad. Yeah. Like her dad, Irish Catholic Mm -hmm. background. So I think he really had a a nun uh, antagonism his whole life. Not antagonism, just a. I think that nuns played a much bigger role in his life than mine. So yeah, that, that yeah. kind of humor was more relevant to him. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, like that, Chuck. I think it's very cute. All right. So you watch Cellular, then you, yes. then you watch Ghost Protocol. And I, then I we watched off. End of Watch. Oh, that's the same uh, writer, as I think, as Training, Training Day. Day. Yeah, yeah. And The Suicide Squad. Yes. And it's also found footage hybrid. It's yeah. not pure found footage. It's but an like, interesting movie. It's part of why I wanted to watch it. There's not that many found footage movies that aren't horror. Mm-hmm. So like I was interested in it and so was Matt. And it's a good cast. It's pretty good. It's a weird movie. Yeah. Yeah. Like it is actually pretty good. It has a lot of sympathy for its characters without being heavily pro cop. 
Although yeah. it is. It's a little tough. It's not anti-cop. I mean, it definitely makes criminals into like villains. Yeah. It, it, I think all of the, it, it, that uh, without giving away too much, that that movie sort of deals with cartels and, yeah. and drug dealers, right? Yeah. That's the sort of antagonist, mm-hmm. car- uh, you know, body. So in a way that movie's about, I think, the war between the police mm-hmm. and the cartel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, I yeah. think it's, I think it's very black and white with respect to who's the good guy and who's the bad guy between those two. Definitely. And yeah. that, I don't think it portrays cops as having any, um, my memory. I saw it. No, it, it definitely it portrays them as, as like kind of being fuck ups who break rules a lot. Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. I no, mean, no, I, no, it does. I remember those two kind of get in trouble a little bit, but I, I yeah. didn't feel like they were ever portrayed as being abusive. They're, you know, because you know, that I would the, say the, the bigger... risk of being abusive is discussed, okay, but it isn't fully explored. There's a scene where they get into a fist fight with a guy, right? Yes, and he's like, "All right, here's the deal. Let's 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 suss it out the old-fashioned way." Yes, yeah, but even that has a certain kind of like valorous quality to it. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. I would I would say that movie, my memory of it is that it does not portray the police as abusing their power. And I think that's the number one threat the police pose to most people. Uh, I kind of disagree. Okay. I think it does portray. Well, you've certainly seen it more recently. So maybe yeah, I just forget. Because Jake Gyllenhaal's character breaks a lot of rules, and that's kind of what gets them where they are at the end. Okay. Yeah. Because they keep butting their heads into stuff and like getting in trouble. And like he wants to be like a hero to yeah, a super cop. Degree. Yeah. And it, and it kind of gets them in a really bad situation. And it is implied that it's partially their own fault. Oh, sure. Yeah, but it doesn't give them, it doesn't make them evil in any way. Like, they're only trying to do good. Yeah. They're just also kind of bros. Yeah, there's a TV series that nobody watched that I thought was great. Like yeah. 10, 15 years ago, it was called Southland. Mm-hmm. And it might be by the, uh, it might have been created by the same guy that did, uh, I don't, I guess it might have been a Dick Wolf pr- production. I'm not sure. Yeah. I, it's really, really good. Yeah. And I think it has a much better picture of like the, the sort of, uh, I don't know. Anybody, if anybody's looking to stream a, a TV show about LA cops, Southland is good. Mm-hmm. It's got a couple of very memorable, uh, pivotal moments in yeah. it where the, the, the decision, you know, a very simple decision can immediately ricochet off into a, an unanticipated direction and mm-hmm. cause real problems. Yeah. I mean, it gives them a lot more edge than it does to William H. Macy's cop and cellular. We watched three LA cop movies, training day, so, cellular. I forget that. And then watch are all about LA cops. Macy's trying to open a cosmetics line, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. He's very funny. He wants to open a spa. He also has two like flying shooting sequences where he f- throws his body in the air and shoots someone on the first uh, shot. Yeah. In that movie, that movie is ludicrous. That's a dopey one. It's really fun. Yeah, I yeah. like it. That's Kim Basinger too, though, right? She's yes. like, she's like the science she's professor the, up in the attic. She's like top build. Yeah, oh. and then Jason Statham and Paul, um, is Paul Walker the good guy? No, it's Chris Evans. Chris Evans. It's Chris, and it's an early, early movie of his. It might is be the Paul first, Walker in that movie. No, in you're, it's, it's Chris Evans. Is he maybe like a surfer? No, there is a surfer character, but that guy is like kind of a B-list actor. Um, I I know him, but okay. Jessica Biel's in it. The cast in Cellular is ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, Cellular rules. I forgot it was Chris Evans. Yeah, he's fun. I yeah, like him. And anyway, and he's good. So yeah, so yeah. Cellular, yes, right. And then End of Watch, yes. Mm-hmm. Training Day, yes. All cops, all, yes. All good cop movies. All, all of these were agent or cop. Honestly, this dude was very Republican in this house. We also found a a book about the Second Amendment in one of the kitchen cabinets. 
Um, and there were a lot of American flags. See, look, when you yeah. got something as long as the Second Amendment, it's hard to break it down into just one book. That's <laughs> seven or eight words it's that are. Just, you really got to analyze those yeah, words. It, why yeah. would they say this word? Why is regulated here? It's not. Yeah. We're going to forget that one. What bear are we talking about? Yeah, bear arms. Grizzly? <laughs> Uh, and then, uh, but yeah, what else? So let's see, what else did you watch? The last movie we watched, um, the last night was Prisoners. Oh, Jake Gyllenhaal also. Uh, yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal and Cops, this guy was into. Um, who's the, uh, who's the director of that movie? That is Denis Villeneuve. That's a, yeah, you've talked to me about this one. I love Prisoners. And you, and he's also the director of Sicario, right? Yes, he is. Yeah, it's he funny. Did Prisoners and then Sicario I and really, I think Enemy in the Middle. Yeah, I really yeah. only know him as um, the sci-fi guy. Yeah, you know him he's as got Dune. Dune yeah. and he's got the and one Blade with, Runner. And Blade Runner. Yeah. And the one with Amy Adams. Uh, oh, yeah, Arrival. Arri- no, that's not it. That uh, is it. Is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. All right. I, th- I thought Arrival was the one with Jodie Foster, but that's Contact. That's Contact. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> Although <laughs> Arrival Contact. Yeah. So, so yeah. He, he's a double feature. Yeah. He sort of found his way into being the, the go to guy for I mean, he's sci-fi. making really big budget movies. And he's, he's still using kind of his same aesthetic and keeping a lot of his dudes on. I kind of miss when he was doing the riskier stuff, but I guess he is there. They are kind of, I don't know. I haven't I've, really watched the I, recent things. I've never seen prisoners and I've never seen Sicario. Oh, so Sicario I, go back and watch so, I can watch Sicario anytime. Sicario is grim. Let's put that on right now. Okay. All right. Well, goodbye. All right. We just got back from watching Sicario. <laughs> okay. So prisoners, they, it's two couples and they have kids and they have like two eight year old girls. Um, one, one couple has one girl and they have Thanksgiving dinner and the girls disappear. And they saw a RV outside the house. And so they decide whoever was in the RV kidnapped the girls. Sure. So Jake Gyllenhaal gets, he's the detective, gets the the case, finds the RV. Paul Dano is in the RV. They bring him in. They question him and it just doesn't line up. Like it doesn't, he didn't do it basically. It's like what they determined. They're like, we cannot find any evidence that the girls were in the RV. We mm-hmm. cannot find any evidence that he did anything so we're going to let him go. Mm-hmm. And Hugh Jackman is like, I don't believe that. So I'm taking the law into my own hands. Mm-hmm. And this movie gets rough, yeah. like really fucked up. I can recall the ads. It had a very it's rough. super grim. Palette. Color yeah. palette. It reminded me of looking at Seven a little bit. Yes, actually. Like a lot of um, Villeneuve stuff kind of like is in that like high production Fincher kind of, you yeah. know, lens. Um, Sand. But like. This movie is rough and like Hugh Jackman's character is like clearly a bad guy. Right. And I'm like, the dude who owns this house and this DVD definitely thinks that he's the good guy. Yeah. Definitely thinks that he's making all the right choices and doing everything right. Yeah. Well, my my buddy of mine said something one time. There's this like um, philosophy that's boiled down to there are three kinds of people in the world. Yeah. Sheeps and wolves and some other thing in the Giraffes. middle. Giraffes. No, no, no. It's it's like those that protect the sheep from the wolves. And he and he frequently said, he's like, you know, there's this kind of person. Border collies. Well, sort of. There's this kind of person that believes they are the protector of the sheep, but yeah. would probably prefer to be the wolf yeah. to being one of the sheep. You know, yep. so you have, there's this, and there's a lot of guys like that, that think that they're hot shit and that everybody else is sort of docile that all children are in danger all the time all people all women you know you know and uh that 
but but a lot but there's too many of them mm-hmm. really frankly so yeah. it's, it's, they're really all just wolves i actually like i mean i i hate animal metaphors like that but i do kind of agree with that concept that a lot of people think that they are there to protect the weak and they're actually just assholes they're just training themselves to be predators yeah yeah pretty much um and okay so prisoners are so interesting because it came out in 2013 which means it's like pre-trump pre-qanon right it's Second, and it second is term of Obama. Very much about child abduction conspiracy theory. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anybody has written anything about that. No, time and passes. Like, I, mean, I don't know. I just think it's so fascinating that it just feels like, like a, almost like a, like it, it it's almost like a, a time capsule. An, yeah. Are like you aware that there's a, a QAnon child, um, kidnapping movie in theaters right now that was what i was going to talk about okay i was going to talk about sound of freedom okay i will then i'll let you talk i don't know well much about i it. don't really have anything to say other than i think it probably is terrible yeah and jim it, the Cavi- people talking about it seem to be absolutely terrible jim caviezel's in it yeah and he was interviewed and they were like so it sort of feels like a QAnon movie and he gave the QAnon response like there is no QAnon. oh my god there's just q and then lots of anons <laughs> Oh, oh boy. Like he's deep in it. Come on, Jesus. <laughs> Apparently it's doing pretty well for, for a theater movie, honestly. It's not like yeah. it's not doing like Mission Impossible numbers, but it's it's made like 40 million, which seems serious to be money. too much money yeah, for that. And people it's are, a little freaky, you know, actually. You know there's a, a conspiracy that AMC theaters yes. is intentionally like that I do know turning about. off the mm-hmm. air conditioning to prevent people from seeing this movie. Yeah, like you if you go and look at like the posts on Reddit about yeah. the conspiracy, it's like they had a problem with the lights so the movie started 10 minutes late but mm-hmm. then they played the whole movie yeah it's like the fire alarm went off and then they let us back in and let us watch the movie yeah it's fu- like conspiracy theory. the fire alarm went off when i went to see pacific rim i didn't think it was to stop me from seeing pacific rim i mean they tried they tried i, I mean, wish they had succeeded they gave me free tickets and i went back and used them to see pacific rim again bad choice bad choice <laughs> it didn't get better it didn't end well but yeah but there is this kind of like weird crescendo of movies about kidnapping children becoming more and more like people believe them yeah i guess i feel like there have been movies about that for a long time though yeah but were people really believing them i don't think i don't know because everyone's like sound of freedom is like a real thing oh here's the issue the uh the internet made it all this stuff seem legitimate and yeah i don't think people come to this podcast specifically for this like cliche but you know, all these fringe fringe people had to trade in weird little zines and uh, pamphlets that were being self-published and mm-hmm. distributed through the mails. And so they were, they were far away from most people mm-hmm. and even from each other. And now all that stuff is just getting thrown up, uh, you know, next to perfectly legitimate uh, news reporting. And it's hard to just, I mean, in 2006 or 2007, the Texas Board of Education, state of Texas, banned critical thinking and removed it from the uh, the curriculum. And now here we are uh, 18 years later and nobody, all these adults don't know how to think. They so, don't know how to think critically. So, so there's yeah. a, a, and that's a, that has much more wider range effect than just Texas because Texas has such buying power mm-hmm. that they control the, the, the publishing companies. Essentially they dictate the terms of what goes into these books. Florida sort of doing the same thing now mm-hmm. and uh, it's going to have an impact because people in Oklahoma get the Texas books, people in, you know, probably Minnesota get the Texas books. It's uh, Wisconsin. All these people that are disparate but don't have buying power enough to dictate the terms of their own materials. Simply, you're going to get fed this weird, uh, you know, uh, 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 curriculum mm-hmm. that that is designed to create people that are more um, respectful of 
positions of authority, yeah, which they specifically named to be the church, family, and government, which is strange because a lot of these people seem to think that church and family are important and that government's like untrustworthy. So I think there's been a little bit of a an unanticipated consequence. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, I think, what Q is. And I think that's why all these Republicans that were there in 2006, seven are uh, actually kind of also perceived as um, part of the problem. It's yeah. a funny, it's a funny, uh, it's not funny because they, there's 70 million of them and they vote uh, for crazy people. Yeah. But, uh, whatever. Maybe I see it. Maybe to them, I'm the crazy person because I think you should think, I see, that's the funny thing. Actually, they think they're thinking critically. They think that this bizarro ARG style conspiracy about pizza shop yeah. pedophilia mm-hmm. is critical thinking. Yeah. Because they think that they're they're like reading the code and using, you know, the 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 uh the dec- well, I guess decoder ring that comes, you know, that, that they think they've seen beyond the veil. Uh, yeah, maybe. But yeah. They, they know how to like read between the lines now and they yeah. know how to imp- they know how to draw out the inference that is implied by all these headlines and all these news stories. And more terrifyingly, they think that when something is not mentioned, that's evidence of it being covered up rather than not being present. Yeah. And and again, that's not that's not that's not critical thinking. That's that's this weird um paranoia, I guess. Yeah. Probably. Delusional I mean, paranoia. And the the truth about, in my opinion, conspiracies is everyone is too incompetent for this to be realistic. I guess. That like there is just this such intense level of incompetence in all people that the idea of getting nationally a group of people together and getting them to perform something. I mean, so we just watched us at Horror Club. Okay. Hands across America. Okay. Couldn't even make that work. People can't do things on a large scale. We suck. Well, we we can't work together. Maybe, yeah. I mean I can So I just think it is I think that the army is pretty effective at doing things at a large scale. Yeah, but that's like. Uh Uh-huh. Why are you making these sexual hand gestures? Because I get really into the army. Yeah. (laughs) I guess guess you're at a loss for a moment. And that's your tick. I can tell you're bluffing, Madeline, because of the things you're doing with your hands. <laughs> I I just think conspiracy theories are deeply unrealistic. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean it's the same with like the Mandala effect stuff. It's like you probably just have a bad brain. Like the human brain's pretty bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Your likelihood of identifying somebody that remembering the color of a shirt someone was wearing is shockingly poor. Yeah, that like the moment it's hinted influence. at that maybe something else was true, your brain goes, Oh yeah, that's what I remember. I think people do like to seek order. Yeah. I think a lot of people struggle with the idea of randomness. Yeah. With the you know with the premise that uh that something bad happened to you, just ir- because irrespective of you yeah yeah people there's a lot of main character syndrome going around also there's a lot of main character and, syndrome and I think I think people want to believe that they yeah are interesting and directly responsible for what happens around them yeah and it's that's that's baby mm-hmm. you know that's baby to it's like that's like baby talk yeah you're 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 microscopic on a cosmic scale was it was it in our group chat that an article was shared about you know buddhism being really linked to like self not being real and that being an extremely healthy way to think i don't know i mean i I, that's possible yeah i'm all for it i am too i love that i love the idea that like the self is actually like an illusion Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean maybe because then I, I don't have to feel guilty about anything. I'm not I've responsible done. for anything. Oh my god, all, <laughs> I feel guilty. <laughs> all those people that are sad because of me, yeah, are too selfish. Yeah, <laughs> there we go. Perfect. They should get over it because self is an idea. Stop it. 
your I hurt your feelings. Guess yeah. what isn't real? Your feelings. <laughs> I love this. Yeah. This is the way to go. That feels very Buddhist of me. Perfect. Anyhow, I, I love prisoners. I think it's great, okay. but also I think it has some like really weird subject matter. Yeah. Um, that is like timely now and wasn't a decade ago. Um do you want to talk about the movie that we watched on Tuesday? Yeah, we saw Cloverfield. Yay. The first one, not any of the subsequent materials. No, not uh, 10 Cloverfield Lane and not the Cloverfield Paradox and not Cloverfield 2, which is currently in production. I, yeah, I saw that in theaters and it was new. I happened to live in Brooklyn when that came out. So I yeah. I don't know, for all those of you who haven't seen Cloverfield, it's basically set in and around the Brooklyn Bridge yeah. and then Central Park. Mm-hmm. And it has a real... Uh, street level feel to it it feels very authentically new york in a way a lot of movies that are purportedly in new york don't feel that way yeah it's very good i saw it in theaters and i was super involved with the alternate reality game that they did to market it so like when the movie was announced they actually like didn't have a title or a script or anything they were just like we're gonna make um a cinema verite kaiju movie set in new york city so a kaiju destroys New York and we're shooting it from the ground as if it's a documentary. And it was J.J. Abrams and then um, Drew Goddard, whose name I can't say. I always say it like Goddard. Um, and Matt Reeves. So Abrams produced Drew. I'm just going to call him Drew. He wrote it and Reeves directed it. And they didn't have a title or anything. So it was all like temporary titles and cloverfield was actually the name of the road they lived on okay not they lived on their studio was on and so it was just like a placeholder and then they just kept it because they couldn't come up with anything yeah that's funny yeah because i've never really understood why it was called that yep it doesn't placeholder it's a code name i was gonna say it doesn't yeah and that's that's sort of jj abrams yeah bag he likes to just give things uh the sort of um what's the word i want to use here the veneer of Government secret. Yes. Oh, yeah. This is like Project Cloverfield. Yeah, exactly. And then it and then it could be any word. It could be anything. Any word. Yeah. Yeah. Um, could have been called Gorilla Food. But like there was, they made this fake slushy company called Slusho. Yeah. And they had like a website for it. And when you say they, the mark, the people who did the marketing. Right. For this Cloverfield. is not inside the. Sh- no. This is not really in the movie. It's not at all. I think the, a Slusho cup makes an appearance. Yeah. But no attention is drawn to it. The word is never said. This was all it's, part of a sort of guerrilla marketing on the internet yeah, in 2007. I mean, part of the reason I love Cloverfield is because they were trying to start a universe, but also just made a really good movie, like, like a standalone Oppen- like, like Oppenheimer? He tried to start, start a, a universe. universe yeah, yeah, by blowing it up. By detonating it in the top. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> There's a there's a non-zero chance that we start a new universe when I hit this button. Hell yeah. And Fuck. it's Barbie. Should we do it? Yeah. <laughs> we can't not do it. And it's Barbie. Yeah, that's how Barbie comes into our world. Yeah. Yeah. A better version. <laughs> so, okay. So, like, they had fake websites that had, like, secret stuff in it. They hid stuff in trailers. There was a whole internet community. And I was in that internet community, like following the entire ARG. I, I can't really remember much about it. It was the first ARG I played. And I've played quite a few. I feel like it provided you guys. I didn't play the ARG. I, didn't yeah. really, I only knew of it. I read about it later. But I feel like they tried to seed the world with um, like hints yes. about the the creatures. Yes. The discovery, if not origin. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, yeah. I remember there was stuff about uh, 
a disturbance on an offshore drilling mm-hmm. platform. And yeah. Yeah, okay. yeah. So like the, the story that is of course never told in the movie is that it is a creature that was hibernating um, in like the Marianas trench and got oh, like woken up by something. And then, and I think it's supposed to be like young. I, I and thought confused. it was an extraterrestrial creature. I thought, I, in fact, I thought I read once, and I was looking for it when I watched it recently. And I, yeah. I didn't catch it. I, I, thought, I thought it was a a comet hit, and then it woke it up or something. Yeah, I remember. I yeah, I remembered, and I still, I mean, I still do remember reading that if you watch the background in the final like shots where where the video is of them on a yeah Ferris wheel, I think yeah or, or yeah. skyway, you'll see something, something shoot. Fall I from thought the that sky. was a meteor hitting. Yeah, that I woke the thing. I, up. I didn't see it even though this I time. I know I, I ju- I've seen that that print twice and yeah. I didn't see it at all. Yeah, I think you have to like literally pause it and like frame by frame. Yeah, or it's not actually there and. Again, like so much lore was created yeah. just by people making stuff. Like when the trailer first came out and they didn't really say what it was. It was just called Cloverfield, no information. And they started this arg. People were thinking it was a Voltron movie because they thought someone said it's a lion when they actually said it's alive. Mm-hmm. And so they decided it was Voltron destroying New York, which I think is hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like the levels of again, like this is fun because it feeds into the conspiracy theory stuff. And like I feel like I find that stuff really fun as long as you don't believe it. Um, right. Which is why I love Args. Yeah. 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 It but would have been worse if it was a Voltron. It would have. Now I wouldn't like it that much. I think it, would've I, it been wouldn't have been my thing. It's possible it might have been good. Yeah. But I'm pretty sure it wouldn't have been as good. Yes, but thank God it wasn't. <laughs> it was just a alien oh, yeah, sea no, creature, a, a mean monster. Yeah, big old, big old monster man. Um, and so basically, yeah, it's a kaiju movie shot from the ground by a group of people who are kind of unimportant. Yeah, it's just some kids at a party. They're really. just on a long side quest. Yeah. Yeah. And then, but it is like a fun story that you get with them with like the, well, the romance triangle. That's and, what makes it interesting. They're yeah. Al- they're almost not interested in what's happening. I mean, they're motivated by what's happening. Yes. To go catch, you know, you know, uh, to go find a friend who they think is potentially in danger mm-hmm. or by, by, up by Central Park. But, um, but they're not really all that interested directly yeah. in what's happening. Yes. In the, in the bigger picture. And that, and that stuff's all happening in the background, which is a lot of fun. Because mm-hmm. again, we're watching people that are, we're watching the NPCs on a side quest. Yeah. Instead of watching the... Uh, the monster. The, or the military. And the army. Yeah yeah, 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 yeah. Which would be the subject of most of these movies. Yeah. And like, so, so right. Plot to Cloverfield. We've got, it's a going away party for a guy who's going to Japan for a job. And it's all of his friends. They're probably like mid-20s, right? Um, that seems right. Yeah, I don't and, think anybody thirty. And so someone has has asked for another character, HUD, um, who very disappointingly is played by T.J. Miller, who we hate. He's fine in the movie, though. He's fine in it, yeah, because he's not like doing his full T.J. Miller shtick yet. He kind of just seems like a funny guy. Yeah, like, he's he's only on camera probably three or four times. Yeah, you bet. He's he's probably got like a minute of screen time in total, but he talks, but he's not using that voice, yeah. so it's it's really not that bad. Um, so HUD is holding the camera and he has been asked to make a going away video from the party where everybody says goodbye, good luck in Japan. Yeah. Um, like those things at weddings. Yeah. And it feels realistic. Friend testimonial. Yeah. And it's also like, they do a lot of really good found footage stuff and, and like stuff that a lot of found footage horror movies fail to do now, which is telling you the story via like bits and pieces in a way that is interesting like and plausible 
like him catching the last sentence of a fight before someone tells him to turn the camera off and get out of the room. And, but you figure out what the fight is just based on on that and the way that people are behaving. Like it's really good storytelling through that medium. It's very good use of the found footage style. Yeah. Very cleverly deployed. Well, yeah. this is like found footage made by a bunch of really talented filmmakers. Yeah. And it is like very early on in the found footage horror like timeline. Yeah. There's Blair Witch before this yeah. one, but th I, that was much less polished. Yeah. Like let's think you get Cannibal Holocaust in the 80s. You get David Holtzman's diary in the 60s. You get uh then like the last broadcast and Blair Witch are made simultaneously. Like, was it like 98, 99? Yeah. Yeah. And Blair Witch was the big theatrical like smash. Yeah. And a lot of it was because of the viral marketing. Yeah. Yeah. Like I, it almost I, was the first like true viral marketing. I campaign. remember when that was coming out that yeah. people were, there was almost genuine confusion. I don't know. There if was. It, yeah. People were confused about whether or not yeah. it was a, a, an actual found footage mm -hmm. or if it was a, yeah, uh, I guess we'll call it a work of fiction. Yeah, and like the landscape at the time allowed that to continue a lot longer than it would now because everyone would know in 30 well, seconds. Well, this also tiptoes into your internet stuff yeah. because, uh, you know, the way that information was being spread in 98, 99, the internet existed, but it wasn't particularly polished. Mm -hmm. And so people that were confused by it were starting to sync up with each other, which actually probably spread the confusion or the yeah. misinformation faster. Yeah, and there was a Blair Witch website that was created for the movie, but the website portrayed it as real yeah we found this footage we have these yeah. these campers are missing so it was, it was pretty good it was it was smart it was, i didn't see that movie i did not see it in theaters i saw castaway and that was the one movie you saw that year it was the one movie i saw that year and blair which was playing in the theater next to it yeah and people kept coming out and throwing up it was real shaky yeah and but, people weren't used to seeing that now I, I used to get a little nauseous but it doesn't really happen to me anymore roger ebert's review of cloverfield actually makes reference to the experience of watching one of these as potentially nauseating yeah and he said i didn't see any, in the screening I, I attended nobody nobody left early nobody became sick yeah they, but, they definitely put a steady cam on tj miller for cloverfield yeah like it's a little shaky but it's shaky in a stable way it's comprehensible yeah yeah, yeah like he's definitely wearing like a strapped on steady cam um, I think he was wearing a strap on the whole time. He's just wearing a strap on the whole movie <laughs> with a camera at the end of it. And you feel like for that, you'd want to get on camera. <laughs> you can't. The camera's on it. Camera, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, the camera can't see itself. I wonder if he understood that. He didn't. T.J. Miller made all these choices himself. <laughs> okay. But so Blair Witch is 99. And then there's like not much between 99 and 2006. Yeah, there must have been some attempts to recapture Blair Witch. But even the Blair Witch Project wasn't yeah. found footage. Nope, they dropped it. They hired a documentary director, Joe Berlinger, to make a non-found footage. It was yeah. just so funny because you know they probably out. brought him on. <laughs> yeah, that's a great way to describe the Blair Witch 2 <laughs> sitcom. Dude, I love that movie. It's stupid. It. It's so stupid. It's really gothy. Blair Witch. Yeah. Um... Okay. Well, yeah, but so the movie's yeah. fine. Let's go. Let's get back to cool. Well, well, look, yeah. wait here. Found footage history. Okay. So in 2006, people start making found footage horror movies rapidly because uh, consumer video cameras got better. Got better. They got good. You got your your um, your XL2, um, which Obviously. was yeah. Like so, people are starting to shoot in HD. Um, is it digital or is it still tape? It is transitioning to digital. I think digital is where things really take off yes. because you don't run out of tape anymore. Yes. So once people were able to record, like the XL2 was um, like the last like really good like HD um, 
tape camera. I guess, I guess so it's mini DV. Like three years after that, your phone yeah. starts to be yeah. a viable tool sh- for filming. So they shot Arrested Development on a Canon XL2. Okay. And then the HDV handicaps start coming out. And that's when people really start making found footage horror movies with no budgets. Yeah. That's where you get paranormal activity. It's worth the, it's worth the yeah, risk. Yeah. Because I mean, you, you might spend $20,000 making a movie that makes between 10 times and 20 times or, or 2,000 times that, yeah. frankly. If you, if you do it well, it's an incredible, uh, you know... Again, it's, not, it's mm-hmm. barely even a gamble. Yeah. So worst case scenario, you're at the cost of the camera equipment. Yeah. People start churning out like super low budget found footage horror movies. So we get like Long Pigs from Canada, which never really got a release. Collingswood Story, which also didn't really get a release until both of these came out pretty recently. I don't know if Long Pigs actually ever came out. Um, we showed that at the film festival. And then Hollywood starts picking up on it because there's all these guys who want to be these mavericks. And they realize there's this new way they can make a movie, which is to shoot it on a on a consumer camera. Yeah. And they can put all this money into making it look good. And that's where you get Cloverfield. Like Abrams figured out that this was a really good idea. And so Paranormal Activity was made in 2007. Cloverfield was made at the same time and released Q1 of 2008. So it was actually an off-season release. Like, I don't think people had that much faith in it outside of it being kind of, like, viral and different. Between those two, Cloverfield is I mean, par- so good. Dude, Paranormal Activity is so boring. Paranormal Activity gets released um, October of 2009. Paranormal Activity. It took activity. It two years to come out, and that, it fucking rocked the world. Yeah, it's that, so crazy. I don't understand the appeal to it. It, I, it must have something to do with Christians being afraid of ghosts. I think... I think, I think that, it had more to do with the way people were starting to perceive themselves via filming on phones. It's it's ghosts. Pe- some people believe in ghosts. And yeah. That movie's like, yeah, you should believe in ghosts. It was all like young people. Was that was there? There's a possibility. Yeah, and this might be overstatement, but there's a possibility that is the worst movie I've ever seen in a theater. <laughs> the, ex- the theater experience of seeing par- Paranormal Activity was just abysmal. I thought White Chicks was the worst movie I ever saw in a theater. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I I used to say the worst movie I ever saw in a theater was Simone. Yeah. Which is an Al Pacino movie mm-hmm. directed by the guy that made uh, yeah. Gattaca. I mean, I think you're remembering par- Paranormal Activity being a lot worse than it actually is. It's I don't think so. It's just kind of boring. It's tremendously boring. Yeah. And the theater I saw it in was boring. Like, every, nobody, there was, there's nothing to react to. They, they, <laughs> that is like the worst. I just hate that experience. The yeah. experience of watching that movie was miserable. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, we there, there showed... are so few reveals. There are so few actual moments where things are unusual. Yeah. And then the ending is so stupid. <laughs> At least the theatrical cut that I saw. I, I understand there might have been other endings. Yeah, there are. But the one you saw is the one. That... I mean, they really tried to to get scares or like they paranormal activity features a scene where a woman stands up next to the bed. Yeah. All night. Yeah. And people are like, oh, man. <laughs> and I was like, uh oh. This movie's not for me. (laughs) Okay. So the other thing you're not remembering in Paranormal Activities, a lot of it is about their relationship, which is quite toxic. Like the guy is like trying to force her to have sex with him on camera and stuff. So like there's a lot between those two characters. And that actually is the most interesting part of it. I also thought the haunting was pretty lame. Um, Like just sort of like not very much happens. Um, But it just... 
I don't know. Culturally, it was like a phenomenon. And yeah. It didn't really get me. No, it stinks. But um, the most interesting part of that movie stinks. to you was the guy forcing his girlfriend to have sex with him on camera. Well, it doesn't succeed, but it's like this weird bullying and, and trying yeah. to take advantage of like the fact that she's been haunted since she was a kid. And like, there's there's something in there. There's like a fortune teller at some point. Yeah. That movie's. That movie gets an F minus. All right. So you hate paranormal activity. I just think it's kind of boring. It's, it's I think it's more interesting to talk about than it is to watch. That is true. Yeah. Um, but that is true of a lot of things. So we showed paranormal activity on 35 millimeter at Alamo. Okay. I got to host that. Oh, really? Yeah. And then Cloverfield the next month, 35. I got to host that. Both of those are movies shot on consumer video cameras and blown up to 35 millimeter, which I have such a fetish for. You, did you say that you saw, you showed Paranormal Activity last month? Uh, yeah. Well, didn't we do? Did, didn't wasn't that the Hellraiser? I just do a movie on Tuesday and Wednesday, so oh, okay. I'll do a Terror Tuesday and a Weird Wednesday. Oh wait, no, I did two, two Terror Tuesdays, so I did. Uh, Paranormal the first week and Hellraiser the second week. So okay. those were both Terror Tuesdays. Yeah, I hosted two movies last month. That's why. Okay. Um, I didn't invite you to Paranormal Activity. <laughs> I wouldn't have come. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I knew better. <laughs> but um, dreadful experience. <laughs> Did the people there react to it? A little bit. Did they go to sleep? A little bit. It's a very sleepy movie. It's a pretty sleepy movie. There was some people who were definitely sleeping. The reviews of it on um on Letterboxd after because I always check. So I'll, after the movie ends, because people never talk to me, actually, Cloverfield was the first time pe more than two people talked to me after the movie mm -hmm. that I like introduced and talked about. Um, so I go on Letterboxd and look for most recent reviews like right after just to see what the audience thought. And Paranormal Activity did pretty poor. Yeah. Yeah. And I told the, the Alamo program, like, that movie's boring. People weren't really into it. But Cloverfield was like all fours and fives. Like yeah. Cloverfield killed. Well, Cloverfield's great. Yeah, Cloverfield is great. It's good, even if it's, even if you're not interested in the fact that it's found footage. Yeah, it, it escapes that in a way. And it's, it's really so hard. funny that like the genre became paranormal activity after paranormal activity came out. Every found footage horror movie well, was I, ghost hunting I, in a house. I have to assume the budget for paranormal activity is fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, I was going to say under a hundred thousand yeah. dollars. And the budget for for Cloverfield is probably $10 million dollars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's just it's it's just interesting to me that like all found footage horror became that yeah. instead of trying to be like anything because you could do anything with it. Yeah. Yeah. But it was all ghost hunting in houses. And it was always like regular people with their camera. I wonder if it was trying to capture the uh, the same reality TV vibe. It was. Because reality TV yeah. is closer to no, paranormal it, activity. It, where, it major feels where you like have static cameras, cameras that don't move, capturing yes. events in a room more like security footage than like than like narrative, uh, yeah. you know, uh, then like a camera would be capturing a movie. More, yeah. like, more like flat security footage than like movie footage. Yeah. Have you ever seen that? Those like, um, I think they're TikToks. It's this girl who has cameras and supposedly films herself sleepwalking and she always does and says crazy things. Yeah. And I'm 100% sure that they are all fake. I've but uh, I've seen them. But that's paranormal activity. Yeah. Yeah. It is scarier what she does. Yeah. Yeah, because she's faking it. <laughs> Not like Paranormal Activity, no. <laughs> which was found footage. We're trying to make a, it so real of a ghost. <laughs> but, Remember the scene in Paranormal Activity where the door opens? <laughs> oh no! There's either a ghost or a breeze. Do you remember the scene where she sits outside at night? I don't. Yeah, there's a scene where she gets up and goes outside and sits down. 
One of my, my now I love the original Ghostbusters. I, yeah. I've always loved it, and I'm angry now that it sort of became a symbol for this like weird troll misogyny online. Yeah, it does suck. It sucks that the wrong people also like it. Yeah, Ghostbusters is fantastic, and there's a scene right at the beginning where they're um, looking through the New York Public Library, <laughs> and they find a stack of books. Yeah, and Ray stands or Peter Ray, uh, Egon or Ray makes a citation to some other supernatural event. And Peter Venkman, played by Bill Murray, says, yeah, no human would stack books like this. <laughs> no human would stack books like this. It's in my mind, like, almost every day. And somebody's like, what do you think happened? This has got to be a, like a conspiracy. Well, yeah, no human would stack books like this. Good. Yeah. And that movie's so sharp. I'm sorry yeah, for the wrong rules. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's partially just because um, everybody likes it. Yeah. It was. It made $300 million. So, of course, the wrong people also like it. Right. And they feel point. like they own it. Because yeah. they're stupid. Very stupid. So stupid. Yeah. God. Um, okay, but back to Cloverfield. So kids at a party, some horrible thing happens. Manhattan, like something yeah. hits Manhattan and there's explosions everywhere. And the Statue of Liberty's head flies through the street. And that I remember from the trailer. Yeah. And that, that and was the, yeah. Like the the Something's that was the on. image. It was yeah. like the one thing they showed in the trailer. Yeah. Because they didn't show the monster ever until the movie came out. And you actually see it quite a bit. Yeah. And to be like, fair. Like it's not like Jaws where you see the shark twice. Yeah. That's kind of like the beginning of the movie. So that's yeah. a pretty fair thing to put in a trailer. Because yeah. the rest of like 85% of the movie happens after that. Yeah. And you see monsters a lot and they're shot well because you know that they're CGI. Mm -hmm. But they're, you know, shot with the camera moving and quickly. And so it, it feels pretty believable. They did a really good job. It's a really good movie. Yeah. I, I recommend it. If anybody listening hasn't seen it, see it. Yeah. But it's basically this group of young people. Um, and it's kind of in a way like three couples almost. Well, three and a half. And uh, they are moving through New York City during a massive disaster and just documenting what's going on. Yeah, you're right. I guess it's couples that are sort of trying to reunite with each other. In a yeah. Way. So there's a couple... There's a person, and then there's halves of couples. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I get you. I see. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, you know, not everyone is safe. Uh, people do get killed. Right. Like yeah. there's buildings collapsing. The Brooklyn Bridge collapses. They don't all have plot armor. No. And it feels more like we're watching a 9 11 movie, honestly. Like, which we talked about a lot it's after we saw unmistakably it. Unmistakably a movie about the experience of being downtown during 9 11. During 9 11. Yeah. yeah. And especially with him justifying continuing to film with like, people need to see this. People are going to want to, people yeah. are going to want a record of this. Yeah. And yeah. then the one of the other characters is like, well, we can tell them about it when we get out of here. And he's like, no, they need to see it, mm -hmm. which is just so, it feels so honest. Like I never question why they continue filming or yeah, it's like. A, it's a good movie. Yeah. And yeah. like the camera goes off and they don't say like, oh, let's save batteries. Like they're none of that dopey shit. Yeah. No, this movie yeah. and War of the Worlds are very, very post 9-11 horror. Yeah. And they're both. And yeah, I don't think you've seen that. With I Tom have. Cruise? Oh, okay. Yeah, I've Matt hasn't. I, okay. I've seen it. I love that movie. Yeah, I dig that movie. That movie's fun. Yeah. Yeah. But um, yeah, it's just, it's really scary sitting in a theater and, and watching New York explode while you are. You know, essentially in the shot yeah yeah <laughs> we're less than a mile from the entrance of the brooklyn bridge yeah yeah i called it 3d people liked that that's uh, very good yeah all right so we both recommend cloverfield hard recommend on cloverfield i, I mean there's a lot more to say you no, talked about the arg we could talk about it a little more but i don't think we have to no, it's i think it'd be short and sweet on cloverfield yeah, the movie's actually short and sweet it's under yeah. 90 minutes which is it's another 82 virtue. minutes yeah yeah 
Yeah, which, um, which, it's almost a shame you could have seen more. But honestly, I think that it's I think that it's a complete movie. Yeah, it doesn't feel to me like a made for TV or anything like that. No. That's too short. And the monster's cool. Like I said, you do see the monster quite a few times. No it was designed by Phil Tippett and his studio. So Phil Tippett did uh, the dinosaurs for Jurassic Park and RoboCop. He, yeah. he like did the it's a really good stuff for RoboCop. Design. Yeah, there's a scene in this where there's uh, something falling off of the monster you captured on you know. Uh, by heli- helicopter news yeah. uh, cameras uh-huh. that I think makes everybody groan. Everybody who sees it the first time is sort of, I think, affected negatively by that moment. Yeah. It's like a real grim realization. Uh-huh. And I don't want to elaborate on it because yep. why spoil it? But I, I remember when I saw it the first time, the audience, there's like an uh sound. <laughs> and then the second time, which I saw it with you on Tuesday, the yeah. person next to me made a similar like uh sound. Yeah, she was really into it. I know. That was, it's always fun when when I, I host something and the people, you like you hear the audience like enjoying it yeah yeah that was a good that was a good uh showing it was a great time yeah yeah like four or five people came up to me after and said like thank you for presenting this and stuff like cloverfield hits so hard it's and it is it's 15 year anniversary this yeah, year that's, that's yeah a, yeah everybody should watch it yeah watch hard, that hard recommend and, on cloverfield. and apparently there's a sequel shortly out yes shortly due out which so the, actually makes the, watching it now smart yeah the slusho website just went back up Oh yeah. So there is. I don't think there's been any real official announcement. Maybe there has. I don't actually check but deadline the every day. Would be back if but there wasn't something going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. So there's a Cloverfield too. Did you see Ten Cloverfield Lane? No, I never did. It rules. I'd like to watch it. I've seen it a bunch of times. I think I've watched that more than Cloverfield, even though I like Cloverfield yeah, no spoilers more. Spoilers on that. I I, I still yeah. have a sense of what that is, but I yeah, I, but I don't know enough it that I could still really be surprised by it. Unrelated. They are simply happening in the same world at the same time. Not at the same time. You've already spoiled something. No, no. I just asked you not to. Well, the Cloverfield's in the title. They're not happening at the same time. Well, now I feel like you're lying to me. I'm not, actually. I'm not. Okay, okay. Like, I'm really not. Well, I do want to see it, though. I I We can talk about it next week. But, like, I think that's so cool to create almost like a Twilight Zone-esque universe where these horror sci-fi stories can happen unrelated to each other yeah, it's and that's kind of what cloverfield not feels because like. of each other yeah but. cloverfield paradox takes place in space i was kind of an apologist i i thought it was i had a it's good time well watching it it's not good no it's not well received um that tries too hard to tie into that, cloverfield that was a netflix movie right it was they released it during the super bowl i believe right wasn't that it i don't remember like but, they tried but it, was it on netflix yes it was released on netflix they wanted to counter program the super bowl yeah it was like it released the moment the super bowl ended or something like there was a whole thing okay. where like they didn't announce it and they're like it's coming out we're not telling you when and then the super bowl ended and the entire netflix uh like front page turned to cloverfield paradox and they got everybody to watch it immediately oh, it worked it worked and then everyone hated it and no one talked about it it's ever kind, again. Kind of like when Steve Jobs gave everybody yeah. that U2 album. Yeah. And I think this people was- People really didn't like <laughs> that. People hated that. And that U2 album's not that bad, right? No. It yeah. was a free album by yeah. U2. But, and everybody hated it because it was forced upon them. Yeah. Yeah. Cloverfield, everybody got access to it at a moment they didn't think they would. So they were really excited and they hated it because it was bad. Yeah. I heard it was just not that good. Yeah. Um, God, it reminds me of that movie Life. Did you see that? That's Jake Gyllenhaal. No, oh, wait, it, is it, was, it Jake? No, yeah, yeah it's yeah, Jake Gyllenhaal, yeah. Ryan it's Reynolds. Like alien, right? Yeah, it takes us on a ship. Either. Oh, it sucks. Oh, like that movie, full blown sucks. I hated life. Ryan Reynolds might not I be hate a, life. a symptom of. Uh, I feel like Ryan Reynolds only really plays Ryan Reynolds. He's not in it very long. I think he he's first good first to go because I I I used to like him a lot. I liked yeah. him in Van Wilder and I liked him in the TV show he was yeah. on. 
I feel like I like Ryan Reynolds. I just hate a lot of the stuff he does. I just don't know if he's a very good actor. Yeah. And so when you put him in a movie and he's got to do something that isn't like, you know, uh, yeah, charm everybody. Uh, yeah. It, it's, I don't know that he's any good at it. I mean, I hate Detective Pikachu. And I don't hate it because of the quality of the movie. I hate it because of what it could have been. You hate Detective Pitch if Pikachu they because he shot your, your father. He killed my dad. <laughs> I just can't get over it. Well, if they hadn't put that Pikachu in with his stupid voice doing Deadpool, that movie would have been beautiful. Like, yeah. imagine seeing like a straightforward drama animated Pokemon movie like that. Not animated, but like CGI Pokemon where it feels like children are really meeting Pokemon. Ron Perlman is the Pikachu. Um, Yeah, with Ron Perlman as the Pikachu. Imagine how incredible that could have been. I guess. And instead they made him make drink too much coffee poop self jokes. That sucks. Uh, although now I'm curious to watch the movie. <laughs> I didn't realize there were coffee poop jokes in that movie. Like half the movie is Pikachu just being like, I'm going to shit myself. <laughs> now it sounds like, and I think you should leave sketch. I like it. Watch now it. I want to watch it. Like a two hour long one. Here comes another one. He's talking about shit some more. Yeah. And that kid, um, Stop giving him the coffee. That kid was also in the Dungeons and Dragons movie, which was way better than was I thought really it was going to be. He's, really he's in one. Detective Pikachu. He's great. I, I like that. that kid. Yeah. Yeah. All right, I guess that's it. I think we can wrap it here. It's how, how long have we been going? It's probably been more than an hour. Right? Hour ten. Yeah, that's yeah. The, it's that sweet spot. I think so too. All right, so buy the merch. Buy our merch. The money comes directly to me. Yeah, I don't get any of it. We get the we we, we use the money to buy the materials, mm -hmm. and then uh, anything that gets left over, we split it up. Yep. But I'm the one who does the books. Yeah, and we buy beer. Well, sometimes, sometimes, yeah, the, yeah beer gets, gets I, into I chugged my Fruly right at the start of the show. I, I really need another beer. Yeah, I, I finished my Miller Lite. Now I need at least one more. Yeah, I'm hungry too. I want to eat. Okay. You want to go down the border? Oh, possibly. Yeah. Although I think, I think our guest is here. Oh, cool. Well, let's take them. Let's go. Let's, All right. On that, our way down the border. It's time to take them. <laughs>